Hello and welcome to Newsreel with Joe and Neil. I'm Joe. And I'm Neil. And this week, midterm madness yes. in the USA. So it's the witching season, which is Halloween in some parts of the world. And already things are getting pretty freaky in the United States. Um, with these series of incidents that we're going to be discussing today. You know what annoys me the most about U.S. elections is that it never ends. I mean, in a way, it's nice and discreet. You know, every four years, presidential elections. In between that, you've got midterm elections. But it just never ends because we spent the last two years talking about the 2016 election. And now the next round is up. And, you know, before you know, they'll be talking about the run-up to the 2020 presidential election. It just never ends. It's like Groundhog Day, only it's more of a nightmare than anything romantic or certainly not a comedy. It's, mm -hmm. it's funny sometimes. I suppose it's sometimes a comedy. So, yeah, mail bombs, migrant caravans, mass shootings. We kind of knew that there would be a few October surprises, <laughs> or at least one. Yeah, I mean, but does it... Does anybody dis completely discount the idea that this is a bit coincidental? I mean, what was it? Two was it last year? Two years ago, in the UK, you had the Westminster Bridge attack. About one week or ten days last year. Last year, before the general election, when Theresa May was put herself up, she had been chewed in as the UK Prime Minister and. Uh, so they, she called a snap election because she figured that she would get more votes. Just before that, you had this uh, guy on uh, Westminster Bridge knocking people down in his car and then stabbing people and stuff. And there were a lot of people at the time who said... And the Manchester bombing. And the Manchester bombing. And a lot of people at that time were, were, were skeptical of it, you know. I mean, when I say a lot of people, obviously, you can't get a good read on what everybody thought. It's very hard to get a good read on large numbers of people. But uh, it seems that the whole, the idea that, you know, governments are interested... Powerful people would you know, try and wait uh, the results of an election, an important election, in their favour or against their opponent. Uh, that that idea isn't—it's not so strange anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it never should have been strange uh, because well, human nature, you know, means motive and opportunity. You know, the only thing that stops you believing or stops you accepting that they might do that is because some sense of uh, oh no, they wouldn't do that. You know, from some moral point of view. But, and what's at stake is the are plural the reins of power right which is absolutely everything to those people yeah so to say that someone wouldn't do something like that when everything in their lives their own personal ambitions and everything that is important to them is at stake it's just it's irrational that's the weird thing is because the you know of course these ideas are called conspiracy theories mm -hmm. and they're called they're, they're associated with irrationality you know but it's actually irrational to totally discount the idea that people in in positions of you know extre really extreme power or a, a lot of power uh, would not, if they decided that there was a, a a good chance that they could influence something in their favor, that they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Especially when you know you, you know the, when you're talking about the amount of power they have, and also the ability the ability with that power to carry out some kind of an operation and also cover up for it. You know, uh, they're the ones who would be investigating themselves essentially. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so that they're not gonna they're not re they have a very low chance of exposure over it, except amongst the ordinary people in the world who might just go, "That's a bit." coincidental you know there's something mm. not quite right about that you know and that applies to what the, the, a few at least well all of these last uh, 
these events in the US, you know, uh, right coming up to how long is it now? Well, it's not Tuesday, more, less, Tuesday no, week, less, so less, less than two weeks, yeah, yeah, next Tuesday. Um, and the raging schizophrenia of it all, I mean, it's insane to suggest that powerful people or powerful interests might uh, stage events, which isn't to say hoax now, stage as in they actually take place or at least take advantage of them politically in advance of power being up for grabs, while simultaneously, for the last two years, three years really, it's been wall-to-wall conspiracy theory that the Russians right. are behind all this. Right, there's something, yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. It's something fairly schizophrenic about that. Where you're, Whoa, you're, is it a conspiracy or not? So <laughs> You're allowed certain types of conspiracy theories that basically, you know, that make sense to you. At this point, you know, there's a lot of people like, you know, anti-Trumpers totally happy with conspiracy theories that posit Trump at the center of a conspiracy up to no good. A Russian agent. Lying, Russian agent, him and Putin, uh, you know, subverting our democracy, basically, you know, under Trump, America has basically been sold out completely to uh, Russia. Russia pulls the strings and Trump is basically pretending to be uh, the president of the US, but he's actually working for Putin. That's, that's he's what, a traitor. That's what, he's pretending to be a patriot, and he's actually a traitor. Right, but that's not just ordinary people who have put forward that that idea. It's the entire U.S. establishment, or a large part of the U.S. establishment, including the establishment media, like serious media, like CNN, have all you know, not maybe in, in, in those precise words, but to all intents and purposes, have have proposed that that is the truth, and yet in the same breath, they'll turn around and say. Uh, which they have been saying over the past few days after these this bombathon that went on, uh, they've been and after um, after the synagogue uh, shooting yesterday, they've been denouncing any you know suggestions of a of there being a conspiracy behind this or this was in some way planned or orchestrated and by someone to uh, to influence the results of the elections uh, in in nine days. Um, yeah. I mean they're even they're even. You know, it's it's weird because the guy, particularly the guy, the the synagogue shooter guy, he's yeah. been described as someone who is deep into conspiracy theories about the Jews, blah 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 blah. You know, so even the person who carries out the 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 attack is is kind of downgraded. Like conspiracy theories are associated with the people who do mass shootings. You know, mm-hmm. but only that's in the mainstream interpretation of conspiracy theory. But CNN are allowed to peddle conspiracy conspiracy theories themselves uh, about Russia and they're not crazy <clears throat> apparently no um so let's start with that one what's the what's the story so far i mean it's only happened yesterday but um synagogue, it's 11 yeah. dead now mm. in a synagogue in pittsburgh pittsburgh synagogue yeah shouting anti-semitic slurs open fire at a pittsburgh pittsburgh synagogue um and it's one guy yeah and they caught him usually he's dead <clears throat> but he's alive right arrested Right, what he gave up? Yeah, and and I mean, he obviously he was on this uh, website. What's it called, Gab? Yeah, well, he has an account with Gab AI, which is basically an alternative to Twitter. Right, but it's obviously been bashed all these years because it has a less. Well, I, if if I, if I say less fascistic, it'll be polemic, but it have a less stringent, um, community terms when it comes to kicking people off for their political views, and. What they've been hit with, Gab, at the company all these last few years is that they allow Nazis and neo-Nazis and anti-Semites. Hate speech, etc. Hate speech and racist and yada, yada, yada to proliferate and they don't take any action mm. against them. Well, 
immediately, just today, actually, they've the internet service provider for Gab.ai has told them they're gone, their history. So mm. as of Monday, they will have no hosting. They'll be down mm -hmm. temporarily, if not permanently. Right. So Gab, the company, it's like saying Twitter is offline because someone had an account and posted something before. But how many times, how many incidents have there been? Mass shootings, terror attacks, whatever. ISIS. ISIS took good advantage of Twitter all these years. Right. And in fact, there was a real suspicion that their accounts were not. In fact, no, there were statements years ago. Well, we're investigating these accounts, which were obviously ISIS, black flag, you know, mm -hmm. death to all Westerners. Well, we would take them down, but, you know, free speech issues. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're not mm -hmm. kind of reluctant to take them down. Free speech crisis. And then people did investigations and they found that a lot of these accounts were actual bots tracked to Texas and California. Anyway, that's getting into conspiracy theories, so we won't go too far with that. But the double standard is reeks. I mean, it's just totally. So this guy, he is the shooter, the shooter probably. One guy shoots up a synagogue. Oh, he's got a Gab I can't write Gab, you're off the internet. Boom, bye-bye. Mm -hmm. well, that was quick. Mm. That's a nice precedent. Swift justice, I suppose. That's a nice precedent to set as well. Glad for that to happen, you know, in that way and that quickly. But he, uh, yeah, he had, you know, he'd been posting on this, on this account, uh, social media account, you know, conspiracy theories, classic conspiracy theories about Jews, Jews rule the world, Jews control everything, Jews. But notably, and it's featured heavily in the, uh, in the in the reports on the shooting, is that he also said that, or he specifically said that the Jews were controlling Donald Trump. Which obviously is very important to include because it puts him as a Trump supporter. He's not just a guy who's against Jews, he's a Trump supporter, you know. So one of his uh, rants was right. that the Jews are, are controlling Donald Trump. Well, yeah. you see a lot of people posting stuff like that all over the place. Yeah. I mean, these are people who were critical, maybe generally supportive of Trump. Oh, but he too is controlled by the Jews because, the, the, I mean, they're like the most is. cynical of the cynics um, where it's everything and everyone. And they see Trump try to see him fail or they see him being outwardly friendly towards Israel in policy right. and in word and deed and yada, yada. Yeah. And they go, well, er, ergo, there you go. I mean, but that's mm. common. That's like... Yeah, no, of course. Well, what is what is not common is one of them then going to a synagogue and shooting right. up the place. Yep. Um, so it's all been centered around Trump, like the uh, and and what he is accused of being like that divisive character and a racist and all this kind of stuff. Uh, these last events, the bombathon, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> well, actually, on the same day, before we get to the bombathon, on the same day as the synagogue shooter in Pittsburgh, <clears throat> there was um, an, a, a shooting in in Jefferson, Kentucky town called Jefferson, Kentucky. Um, uh, it was uh, a, a guy, a white guy, basically, tried to get into a predominantly black First Baptist church mm -hmm. uh, to shoot shoot the place up, and he couldn't get in. The door was, uh, he tried to pull it open a couple of times, banged on it, but it was secured, so he couldn't get in. So he went to a grocery store nearby and shot two black people. Um, now, it's interesting because if he had got into that church on the same day, you would have had two religious places of religious worship shoot shootings yeah. uh, by uh, white people. Extremists. Uh, yeah, white too. By, by, by white guys uh, and both in, in the context of, you know, uh, what Trump is accused of. Yeah. Like, what Trump is accused of inciting, yeah. uh, you know, hate speech, hate crimes, uh, division within the society, extreme politics, right-wing politics, yeah. i.e. anti-Jews, anti-blacks, white people shooting blacks and stuff, you know. So a narrative that could be constructed yeah. with both of them roughly the same, whatever right. their actual support for right. Trump. Uh, and then there have been other incidents o over the years too. The Charleston shooter, that kid, mm -hmm. Dil Dylan Roof, mm -hmm. he might precede Trump. 
but it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Extreme. Yeah, well, it's, it's part of a white big, racist against yeah. black. Have there been any instances where there have been explicitly lefty, pro Democrat, pro multiculturalism, pro open society shooters doing crazy things? There was one guy in a church in Texas. Yeah. But they didn't ham, ham that up too much that mm-hmm. he had all these lefty affiliations. Right. right. Um, uh, it was an open question on that because that one happened. That was weird because that happened 24 hours after Las Vegas shooting. So that, Las Vegas, I think it was close in time. Las Vegas totally dominated the news. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, then let's just go, let's just assume then without really being sure of it. I mean, people will be able to find exceptions, but the, the general trend is of. Supposedly right-wing people. Supposedly right-wing. Whatever right-wing means. Whatever their characterization of the typical Trump supporter is, does some atrocity. Mm-hmm. Ergo, Trump slash anything Trump's representing mm-hmm. is bad, it's divisive, it's murderous, it's mm-hmm. Nazi, it mm-hmm. tends towards destabilization, mm-hmm. um, it's bad for the country. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the kind of overall message that's been right. hit here. Right. Right. Okay. The, the, the official, the, the normal, or the, the narrative would be that Trump has emboldened a lot of these people of this element within society that was always going to, or had always always held these views, these kind of right wing, <clears throat> whatever conservative. I mean, it's, you throw those terms around, and they don't really mean anything. But you know, people who are conservative Christian, let's say, <clears throat> uh, that Trump has emboldened those people, and you know, he has. It's his fault, really, because of supposedly his rhetoric, whatever, that mm-hmm. has given, you know, uh, courage to these people to, to come out and uh, and be more vocal in their, uh, you know, in, in standing up for their rights, let's say, up to and including, you know, shooting people and stuff, you know. Um, but of course, that's not even true because that kind of division in society, in American society, has been there for a long time, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't think Trump has, you know, it's not, I think if there's any truth to that, it's not that Trump has given anybody courage or has emboldened those kind of people it's more that um the left lefty pushback and the demonization of trump the unreasonable irrational demonization of trump is what has pushed people who are trump supporters or conservatives to do uh to take up to take action let's say to take affirmative personal action up to and including kind of going postal type thing uh, so that's the, that would be that's closer to the official narrative let's say of what's going on that america is just divided anyway and those divisions have, in recent years, become much more sharply uh, defined. And but that still doesn't explain why someone would, you know, go and shoot up a unless they were mentally, mentally unstable. You know, um, and of course there's a, there's another aspect to this, obviously, which is that these people can be put up to doing those kind of things. I yeah, mean, I mean it's another we're deep or would be where we just jump deep into conspiracy theory with this with this with this idea of people being. Uh, manipulated in one way or another, having their head messed with yeah. to the point that they would actually go and, you know, go and shoot up a, a church or a supermarket or whatever. Well, um, I mean, that, but the, but the problem with that is, the problem with that being extreme conspiracy theory and kind of crazy conspiracy theory is that there is there are official documents and evidence. And it's, it's I mean, it's in, in websites like Wired Official Technology websites, you know, that have no problem publishing this and have published it, that uh, U.S., you know, intelligence agencies, police force, the military, whatever, all of them be, have been involved in <clears throat> developing uh, long before now, but it's been in development for so long that it's become kind of mainstream. Uh, I suppose for want of a better word, they're kind of called crowd control devices or crowd, crowd control 
weapons, essentially, that at, they become so mainstream that they're mounted on the back of of police trucks uh, at, for, at riots or protests or demonstrations, whatever, in America and, and in other countries, but predominantly America. America seems to spearhead this kind of technology and included in this, and it's invariably around, other than the usual stuff that's been around for ages, like water cannons and rubber bullets and smoke grenades and CS gas and stuff, the, the new kind of tranche of of crowd control devices are largely microwave based. Uh, they it's what's a microwave pulse that's that's emitted from from a from one of these devices, and it can have all sorts of different effects. It can be modulated in one way or another to have different effects. It can burn people's skin at a, you know from at a quite a great distance. It can create an intense burning sensation on your skin. It can make you vomit. Um, it can make you wet yourself. Uh, it can and and. One of the other ones that's included, just as a matter of course, in this list of, of effects that they can have is is that a voice can be projected using this device. A voice can be voices can be projected into a person's head. I you can record your voice and have it projected directly into a group of people's heads or into one specific person's head. If you can if you can isolate one specific person, so effectively that, 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 that person can hear voices in their head that you can project, and it's. It's uh, and they've they've done tests. I mean, you can read about it on on the web on on reputable websites like Wired.com, where they even you know they they set they set it up set up the device from a certain distance. And you're talking hundreds of meters here. Is uh, for a man portable device, uh, you can project a voice hundred meters away into a, another person's head, kind of using their their cranium as a as a receiver. as a receiver or resonator, and they put devices beside the person to record recording device to see if they if the recording devices would pick up anything could hear the voice that was being transmitted and the, the recording devices picked up nothing but the person the test subject who was part of the experiment you know stated that yeah he could hear every single word that was meant to be said to him said to him from 300 meters different distance completely inaudibly until it gets into his head. So that point is that technology of making people hear voices in their head is not science fiction. It's not conspiracy mm -hmm. theory. Go and look it up yourself if you want. It's part of very well understood technology at this point in time. So then we get back to what we were saying earlier on the show about means, motive and opportunity for people who want to do something, want to create a certain effect, create a certain situation uh, that they believe would uh, you know, increase their their positions or their powers or get, get something that they want, mm -hmm. you know, for themselves. In this case, is there any evidence that, you know, turning the population against Trump or creating these kind of uh, situations of mass shooters, people going, um, carrying out mass shootings, um, or even sending bombs in, in the mail, would that, does that serve any, you know, powerful interests in the U.S. today? If you conclude that it does, well, then you have no problem in going to the kind of, whether you've got the means, uh, you've no problem filling in the motive and opportunity. Uh, opportunity being the technical know-how to do it. No yeah, problem. No problem. Reminds me of the naval, naval yard shooter in D.C., 2013. Mm -hmm. right. A black guy, former Marine, I think he was discharged. He had issues. But he was telling his psychiatrist before he carried it out, that he was hearing voices, no one else could hear them, and even more specific stuff than that. I don't recall the I details, think, but I think he actually said that that he said that the FBI or the CIA or name, name some intelligence agency was were, were were speaking to him in his head. 
or that they were projecting voices into his head. He was very specific about that. He almost got down to the point of saying that they were doing this to him, you know. Uh, and it's funny because that's, you know, the person who says that, they're dismissed as schizophrenic or crazy, you know. But then you just look and you find that there is actually a technology to do precisely that, the thing that that guy was suffering back in 2013, five years ago. Um, and yet it's, you have, you're meant to dismiss it as completely crazy, but it's not completely crazy. It's, it's like saying that, it's like some, describing a TV to someone. And the person saying, that's completely crazy. What, pictures on the screen? People talking on the screen, talking to you, you can hear their voices and they're not there? They're on a screen in front of you and you can, and you can see them? That's not, that's, are you schizophrenic? But you're talking about a TV. Mm-hmm. But well, it's exactly the same, but it is, it, it is absolutely 100% normal at this point, normal run-of-the-mill technology to, per, to make a person hear voices in their head. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely understood how it can be done and has been done and tested. So... You know, someone gets a hold of this and targets one person over a period of a few months, tormenting them day and night with voices in their head, telling them to do something. Why they go and do it? So the means are absolutely God there. told me to do it, whatever. Means are there for sure. Motive, well, obviously what we just discussed, um, powers at stake, but also motive. Think about how they spent the last three, if we can include the campaign, three years bashing anyone who would vote for Trump. And, and thus support him as crazies, as deplorables. Mm. So imagine now you're, on, you're in the opposite camp and you're worried about this Trump phenomenon and you're worried right now about it manifesting as the red wave of support for a Republican. If you see them as such, what, what might you do? You might stir up the crazies and you would ha- have a, some success rate because it is, there's a partial truth to what you've been telling the whole population, that there are actual crazies among people who would support and vote for Trump. Right. And then you, 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 you hitch them. You, you basically, you do in some way influence mm-hmm. that you carry out an influence operation and you control their actions, not to the nth degree, but you, you fire it out there and you see what sticks and you get some success. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely the motive at the, both the, in, in the grand strategy sense and in the specific way of getting crazies act out as you would like them to mm-hmm. they're both there mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so the, um on the bombathon the bombathon what what do we make of that i mean that was now with 13 people received <coughs> funny like an aging chippendale guy he used to be a chippendale you know male stripper. stripper yeah bodybuilder male stripper type thing you know gyrating on on uh you know i'm living in a in le- i mean obviously i suppose the t- career pro- prospects for uh you know out of work Chippendales or or you know Chippendales were past their expiry date. Basically, the probably the career career prospects aren't the best. You know, apparently lived in a he lived in a, this guy anyway lived in a trailer, pretty dishevelled kind of. You know, he's a not itinerant, but he wasn't living uh, in a respectable way. Basically, let's say. Didn't they track him to a condo in Florida? Yeah, it was his mother's though. It was his mother's, but he had a trailer, I think, as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so not you know just a. A ne'er do well kind of person, probably lots of lots of, you know. Oh well, he's got a criminal history. Lots of yeah, a criminal history. We've got lots the of photo issues. up on on side at the moment. Um, <laughs> it's just it's a montage of all his mug shots as he gets older. There's right. Six of them. Right. Um, what were the crimes? Petty stuff. Mm. I think he's a Brooklyn native. Right. So, Reg- registered registered voter of Trump's Republican since 2016. Right. Turns up at pro Trump, uh, Trump rallies. Was a Democrat before that. Right. Registered Democrat before that. 
Now, so, the link with him is that they found in two, two of these packages his DNA. Fingerprint. One fingerprint, I think. And so some other piece of DNA. Maybe, maybe some DNA, but yeah. Um, yeah the is he just is, a crazy wind off? It's very premeditated. Sending packages that aren't actually bombs that just look like bombs. I mean, it's been it's been trolled on the and internet. hitting the high notes of exactly who it was. Brennan, De Niro, the most sort of the people who've had the most attention mm-hmm. as and never Trumpers in these mm-hmm. last two some years. Yeah, he was a bit obsessed, obviously. Soros, if, if him, yeah. Soros, yeah, that's going pretty far. Soros, you know, um, but making up these dodgy bombs that really weren't they, they weren't bombs in any real sense of the word. Well, that's had, it. None of them went off. Had, well, they had timers on them, but they weren't actually bombs. So why would you put a timer on something that wasn't actually a bomb? Obviously, you're trying to just fake something. It's like it's like anybody just trying to make something that looks like a bomb. You know, you know, get a something, get a blob, blob of you know plastic or something, a plastic lunchbox. Put some stuff in it. You know, wrap some wires around it. Put a timer on it. Leave some wires sticking out, and send it to someone. It's not going to do anything. It's a lunchbox with a timer on it, basically, and some wires. It's it's not there. Uh, it's not going to do anything, but so that's weird, you know, because we didn't really mean to kill those people, obviously, because he knew it wasn't a bomb, right? He's not that stupid. If you can put together, he knows it's not actually a bomb. He didn't have any explosives. Um, so this diehard Trump supporter just hit Republicans in the polls. Big time, yeah. Inadvertently. But that's supposedly. how crazy it is, yeah. That's supposedly how, how nutty he is. Like, he's so stupid that he doesn't realize that this would have a, a very bad effect on his supposed uh, favorite candidate, you know, or his, his, his party, you know. Uh, in, in the polls that it would, would hit them pretty hard so so he, what, he just didn't think that far ahead he was just reacting he's just angry at all these Democrats and John Brennan and Robert De Niro Maxine Walters Maxine Waters CNN and, proper right and he wasn't smart enough to know that none of those people actually open their own mail the vast majority of them have mail that's vetted by someone else first so he was never going not only was he, not only was he not going to do any damage because they weren't actually bombs but even if they were bombs, he wouldn't have actually killed those people or wouldn't have hurt them in any way because they don't open their mail. Um, so the only tangible effect that he could ever possibly have had would be to make Trump and the Republican Party look bad. On the eve of midterm elections. So either he's crazy enough and stupid enough to do that and be such a doofus that he would do that, which is possible because, you know, they're very stupid people out there. Or someone else kind of put him up to it who wanted to achieve that result. Yeah. I want to make a small detour just to, I mean, Americans, American listeners will, of course, be familiar with what's at stake. Um, Just for any any international peeps uh, watching this. So midterm elections, there are 535 seats up for grabs. That's the entire House of Representatives, which is the lower house in U.S. Congress. Um, well, 435 of those 535 are for the lower house. Um, and then a third of the upper house, the Senate, a third of those seats are up for election. That's 33 out of 100. In addition, um, some 36 of the 50 U.S. states are electing governors. As it stands, the Republicans, they currently have... Uh, the, the, the full house, they, they, they control everything. The, the White House, of course, because Trump's there, both chambers in the Congress, and then a, a large majority of state governors. Um, this current one, uh, polls, I know polls, but here we go. The, the polls at the moment have the, have the Republicans ahead of Democrats, although they've just taken a hit because of all this 
bad press for anything Republican, anything Trump, really. Um, the the pollster five five thirty eight website, uh, they aggregate lots of other polls. Um, a huge selection actually. They currently have the Republicans with a high chance, an eighty two point something percent chance that the Republicans will keep the Senate, the upper house. However, they say the Democrats have an equivalent percentage chance, eighty five percent chance of winning control of the lower house, the House of Representatives. Um, that's where things officially are. However, we know since at least 2016 that uh, scientific polls are about as reliable as Hillary not coughing long enough to appear healthy. So, um, polls, yeah, I don't like I don't like the sound of that. Where oh yeah, one will win one house and the other one will win the other one. You know, as if to suggest things are you know nicely poised. My hunch is that they're not poised at all. That. Um, Anything anti-Trump, which means anything Democrat, which is unfair because there are some actual Democrat politicians who um, are not violent anti-Trumpers. They're cooperating with him on a number of things. Tulsi Gabbard comes to mind and her position on U.S. Um, foreign policy. Um, but any, basically anything Democrat is associated when it comes down to a simple left-right, one party or the other issue in U.S. elections um, anything pro-Trump is is really anything Republican, and anything anti-Trump is anything Democrat. So, given that simple black-white position that's on offer to American voters, I can't see really anything less than a a clean sweep for the Republican Party on on each of these levels. Um, I was thinking that for some weeks now, and given that. All of this stuff has happened with we suggest whether it's whether it's by design or it's just come about because of the general state of hysteria and division in the United States. Let's go with either, either or. It still doesn't make sense to me how someone a deviant mind lining up a series of events, hoping to swing the election a certain way, how would works in their favor because i mean we saw what happened initially before they named the guy caesar sayok as being behind the mail bombs it was about three or four days of it being in the news mm. and immediately the two camps bifurcated into their sides with obviously the cnn and the liberal press and the never trumpers saying yeah throwing up the hands saying see that's Trump's America. See what we got to do. We got to de-Trumpify this country to save it. And then on the other side, immediately going, well, this is obviously a liberal conspiracy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right. straight into conspiracy land. Mm -hmm. So what are they hope? Were they hoping to swing some people from one camp over to hurting, doing whatever it takes to contain Trump? I get in enough Democrats so that that's the theory, by the way, that the reason the U.S. has these midterms is that in principle, when one president of one one party gets in, in two years' time, he'll be balanced or she will be balanced out by a move back the other way. Mm. And therefore, you know, the system remains stable. Um, but they could be, we could be looking at here quite the opposite. And this is also what's at stake because the, the never-Trumpers will be desperate to get control of at least, certainly the House of Representatives mm -hmm. because then they can... Um, 
stop Trump. They can potentially impeach Trump. And potentially impeach him in the remaining, sometime in the remaining two years. Mm -hmm. And because the alternative is their worst nightmare, Trump has basically free sailing to 2020 and he's much more likely to pass what he wants to pass. Mm -hmm. So, my question, is it, is it as, is it what it appears to be that these events have been injected in right here to sway the electorate to vote a certain way, i.e. to vote against anything Trump wants, therefore for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Is, is that basically it in a nutshell? Because I mean, they, they must be, I mean, they're, if, if they're the kind of cunning people who can come up with schemes, they know how people think, they're surely aware of, of how things can backfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, but I think, <clears throat> I think there's a failsafe for those people, the people who are really behind those kind of operations. And I'm, I would definitely lean towards this being a, a manipulated um, event. The, the bomb-a-thon and, and even the Jewish shooting, most of those kind of events are manipulated in some way for some purpose. And ultimately what you see is, we've had many such events previous to that, you know, going back over the t- past 10 or 15 years, and the end result has never been... Those, when you carry out some kind of event like that, you can't be sure of the, like you're saying, it can go wrong, or you can't be sure of the exact result from the people, you know. But I think the people who carry this out or orchestrate these kind of attacks um, or help to orchestrate them, that they have a bigger agenda uh, that's, that's being serviced. And that bigger agenda is that, that they're happy for the population to be divided, mm. you know, simply to keep the population divided. That's, I mean, it's kind of party politics. It's, I mean, you need to have, for, for the for the kind of two-party system that predominates in most European countries and, and the US, you know, uh, you want to have division perpetually between those two because it's easy. You just switch it around from one to the next and one to the other, you know. And it's only four years for a lot of presidents or maximum eight years in the US. In European countries, it's, it's, it's the same, you know, it's very sh- short terms, you know. So any president or any administration can never really do much, you know, in terms of affecting any long-term change to the country because they're only there for a very short period of time, you know. But there's other people who, you know, that are called the deep state, uh, and that's just a term to describe <clears throat> the well-known kind of unelected career uh, officials in every Western country and in the U.S. as well, uh, who who really do pull the strings because they're there. They've been there since they were twenty years old. You know what I mean? Uh, and they're now sixty years old, for forty years or fifty years type thing. You know, and they're there to maintain stability, to maintain the country on a certain course as as administrations come and go. You know, so the very idea that you would have a change in administration every four years potentially it, it's a recipe for chaos. No. Like kind of what 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 Trump is accused of doing, and mm-hmm. other presidents are accused of doing, is as soon as they get into power, they undo what the previous president did, especially if it's from the other, from a different party. You know, I mean that just sounds like a recipe for chaos. You never get anything done. One guy does something in four years, it barely gets going. A new administration comes in, he undoes it, tries to get his thing going. He only has a few years to do it. Then the next one comes in, and undoes what? How are you meant ever, mm-hmm. meant to ever achieve anything? Obviously, the country runs behind the scenes that are successfully and there are people who are in charge of, of, of making sure it runs. And uh, I mean, look at foreign policy, American foreign policy and other European country foreign policies, they don't change. Uh, particularly American foreign policy does not change, hasn't changed in decades. Um, because someone is running American foreign policy, has, there's a vision of America and America's um, role in the world and there's no chance that anybody would ever come in 
and upend that, primarily because the CIA, for a, a very long time, going back to the middle of the last century, uh, it has been there. They've taken, you know, taken to themselves the role of uh, of directing and organizing um, American foreign policy, pursuing American foreign policy, and it's got a very clear objective. It's you know America controlling as much of it, spreading its influence, and and being the world's policeman and protecting our you know, influencing as much of the world as possible, getting their fingers in, in as many pies as possible. And that's always been American foreign policy. And no president has ever come along and changed that, you know, because first of all, they haven't been able to. And most of them ideologically don't have a problem with that. Yeah, let's spread America's influence all around the world. But interestingly, the only person who has actually come along since that, that long-term CIA-directed foreign policy, the only person who's come along to change that or has shown that he wanted to change is Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a big part of the shitstorm that happened yeah. even before he got elected and since he had elected I mean it came from the deep state that unelected career diplomats and bureaucrats within the establishment who you know ideologically did not like the idea that Trump would didn't like I, Trump's ideas of changing uh, American America's vision of the, of the world and, and America in the world from an expansionist one to an isolationist one and Trump you know nobody disagrees that Trump is pursuing an isolationist policy. His, his MAGA, his Make America Great or Put America First or whatever, is an isolationist policy. It's forget about the rest of the world. Let's focus as much as possible on America and doing what America needs, you know, doing for America what it needs, infrastructure, jobs, blah, 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 blah. Bizarre that they would have such a bad reaction to a president saying, let's uh, really, you know, really focus on how we can increase jobs, employment, in America and increase, let's say, let's build up our infrastructure, deal with our, our, our ailing in infrastructure. And they crap their pants because that means he, yeah. he obviously, at present, does have some potential to, or some ability to, to kind of like pursue that, even even over the period of four years or eight years. You can make some inroads in that direction. You, know, you can redirect funds from sending them out around the world to facilitate, you know, like in National Endowment for Democracy and USAID, you know, and, and, and sending troops overseas and sending you know, bolstering intelligence operations overseas, take a lot of that money away from the military industrial complex effectively and put it back home in, into America, take it away from overseas, you know. And they really, really didn't like that. Uh, it, it, they crapped their pants like. And that, I think, is a major part of the, of the, of everything we've seen happening since Trump became president, all the screaming and crying and shouting and divisiveness so if you want to blame someone for the divisiveness in America that has accelerated under Trump, you have to look to the people who have been orchestrating this uh, campaign against him and setting people. And of course, they want to leverage people in their uh, in their war, their fight against Trump and trying to stop him from doing anything that he wants to do. They're going to leverage the population, you know, um, and create, a, create chaos effectively, social chaos as much as possible in America because that effectively hamstrings his presidency because it gives him problems, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like every day he's having to, instead of concentrating on doing whatever he wants to do, he has to concentrate on these issues. You know, he's being attacked by the press repeatedly, has to answer, just take up a person's time yeah. with defending themselves yeah. rather than letting them get on with just quietly get on and, and do a job, you know? Trump so, wants jobs for the millions of people in the United States who already, not themselves, most of them or many of them, not long ago, immigrants, newly arrived, mm. let's get them working. Mm. And the response is open borders. Let's get millions more in. Mm. That brings up the third M in our title, 
mass migration. Is mm. this a coincidence as well? Oh, that's you have to blame George Soros for that. Soros, he's the one who he he's 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 blamed for pretty much every over the past you know five or six years he's blamed for every mass movement of people anywhere. It's Soros is like you know leading them. He's at the head of the he's at the head of this of these groups of immigrants that have been spreading around in different places, leading them on a string. Come this way. So chaos here. Multiculturalism, diversity in this country. Why? Because Soros just loves diversity. Are I you, don't know. Are you mocking this idea or? Well, but that's, but that's the narrative. But I mean, the Soros, is that what Soros is all about? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if, but enough about George Soros. I never heard him say explicitly that well, that's what he's all about. You know what I mean? But apparently, you know, officially, he's just a kind of a, a stock market guy who's made crap, crap load of money on oh, the stock market they, investing they, and some, stuff. Some, and his Open some, Society Foundation. Someone dumped a lot of dirt. Um, there was a whole set of emails leaked in 2015 amongst the Podesta emails and and or the, the, the DNC. It's the DNC emails, mm-hmm. the Podesta emails, I've forgotten. But there was a whole oh. batch that were from Soros organization, Open Society. Mm. And yeah, it's pretty much spelled out what they want to do. But it doesn't talk about the financing hordes of migrants from moving from one country to another. I mean, his Open Society Foundation stuff is pretty well known as well, which is promoting democracy. So very much in line with America's promotion of democracy around the world. Like in, I mean, Soros was up to his, Soros was direct, directly involved in the in the Maidan uh, revolution in in, in Ukraine. Uh, his his money was in there as well. But so was American state money. American taxpayers' money was state in there department to, was to promote. Uh, that PayPal guy, Omidar. Was to, over, yeah, to overthrow governments, you know, uh, and to promote um, American interests in countries. So if there's a leader in a country that America doesn't like, isn't playing the ball and playing the game the way America uh, likes, then Soros. So Soros seems to be, you know, it, there is a pretty strong evidence that he is ideologically aligned, let's say, with the US State Department as an expansionist, as a vehicle for American expansionism and overthrowing governments around the world and stuff. So yes, but when it comes to the migrant thing, it takes it to another level, you know, like in the case of this, mig- these migrants coming from Central America, um, Soros is put at the feet of Soros as well. Is he financing that? I mean, is he handing out money? I mean, there's a lot of dodgy stuff going on. I mean, well, there's one specific thing linking a Soros organization to this migrant caravan. That's, conf- that's I think it's uncontested. Mm. It's um, a group, an NGO called Skylight, mm. which is embedded with the, the caravan to nominally to document the event. Mm. So there is a Soros, and they got a million dollars or something. Mm. So there, there is Soros activity, definitely, right. that can be tied on paper so to this particular So what's his agenda in doing that? I don't know, but look, look at the, isn't, look at the they're, they're going to arrive on the border right, like probably in the next few days, right before. Mm-hmm. The midterm, and that gives and, you're talking about giving Trump problems. What is your? What's he <laughs> you've got do? the mother of all issues, right. the most divisive issue right now that you could bring up because it brings in racism, migrants, power, foreigners okay. versus natives. Right. It's everything, right? It's very coincidental, yeah. That's happening right now. Right. It comes to a head right now. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds, like you know? And it's not like it's this. First time. Have there been any previous ones? There like, have been, is the thing. To this scale. No, but I mean, the, it does. It constant doesn't, trickle of people, right? But it doesn't excuse the fact that the that the media should have been making. Why is the media making such a big issue of this one? You know, sure, it may have been facilitated and made it possible for the media to make a big issue of this because there's a lot more people in this one. But uh, I mean, the media have reported, I suppose, in in smaller ways on 
on migrant influx from and same type people come from the same place. This isn't just one group of people at one discrete block. I mean, obviously, there are people who have come before them. There are people who come after them. Mm-hmm. But you won't hear you don't hear about really the ones who have come before from the same places, okay. the same type of people. And you won't hear about the ones who came after the elections. You won't hear about any more people coming in. You know, it's just right now, big chunk of people facilitated to move towards the border. Yeah, so it's very suspicious. I mean, if you don't uh, if you don't have a skeptical bone in your body, you're you're, you're in trouble. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you got to be skeptical about this stuff. You know, when it, when it, coincidences upon coincidences pile up, at what point do you go, mm, that's too many coincidences, you yeah. know? There is one video that uh, was tweeted out by a Republican senator for, or not senator, congressman for um, Texas, Matt Gates. He, he published, uh, he shared, someone else found it and put it up there, video of, women and children in this caravan while they were still in Honduras being handed out cash. Well, but yeah, but I mean, I look, I think I looked at that video and it wasn't, it didn't look like it was cash because it was being given to kids, it was given, being given to everybody, you know. Food tokens or something? Something like that. Something, okay. uh, you know, you want to jump at, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty careful about jumping at kind of like that, okay. that kind of stuff, you know, because cause when people, there are people obviously who want to expose this, you know, actual, consp- well, conspiracy sites let's say but they go way too far you know and they're jumping at every, they're jumping every, everything because they, they're, they're starting with the belief that this well, is premise, all let me look for the being evidence. directed and controlled right. so oh look there okay yeah right it's similar to the the kind of mass shootings the sandy hook uh and the what do you call it, the was it tampa shooting uh, nightclub not tampa orlando 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 shooting stuff where people were seeing uh, and the Boston bombings and stuff, people seeing fake blood, people seeing, you know, people, actors basically pretending to limp down the road, blah, 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 because they're starting with this really hardcore belief that this is fake, you know, and it's fake, like you said earlier on the show, it's it's not that it's, um, it's a, it's not, it's, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's just the person who is accused of doing it single-handedly, it's very unlikely that that person had no help. Mm-hmm. And so then you get into who is helping him. Yeah. And that takes it. But absolutely, the people who carry out these kind of, uh, who facilitate these kind of events in, in whatever way, whether it's migrants coming to the border or if it's some shooting or whatever, um, they they know, they're, they're not the kind of people who are going to just pretend, you know, are going to get, go, go into the, go to the, the bother of, faking the entire thing with crisis actors and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Basically, because why would they? Because it's much more impactful if they actually traumatize people. Because it's not just the people involved in one of those shootings or one of those bombings that the people who actually get get injured and killed, it's not just those people who are affected. There's thousands of people around who are all watching in the, in the environment and they, I mean, they need to be traumatized as well, you know? You need to spread that... Uh, very real trauma as far wide, as far and wide as possible. So, uh, well, anyway, that's it's just a non-starter that idea of crisis actors and stuff. It's complete nonsense, really, you know. Uh, and it, it actually serves just to just to it serves to um, to kind of tarnish any suggestion or to rubbish any suggestion that um, that there's something more to these kind of events than meets the eye. You know, it's like it's like taking it to the extreme. And say no, you don't need to go to an extreme. You don't need to pretend that it, say that it didn't happen or that it's fake blood and fake actors. You can come back to the allegation that this one guy, who you know had never picked up a gun in his life or something, suddenly went down 
activated his Rambo microchip and was able to shoot, you know, dozens of people in a matter of five minutes. You just go come to that and go, eh, he probably had some help. Probably didn't do it on his own. Probably was messed with. It, in some way or the help, yeah. Yeah. Someone was, he had, he had a team what, what, backing him, you know. Have they named the, have they named the um, synagogue shooter? Um, I think so. I'm wondering, is he similar or different? What kind of background does he have compared with Caesar Sayok, the guy who was fingered for the mail bombs? Because, mm. I mean, he, in that case, um, that guy had a history, and he's got mugshots all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his bio's out there. I'm wondering about the synagogue guy. Yeah, I've only seen a picture, uh, picture of him. Maybe it's, it's early days. Oh, no, I actually, no, no, I have his name. His name's Bowers, actually. Uh, Robert Bowers, 46, okay. and was identified as a gunman and arrested. Frequently expressed his disdain for Jews on social media. Probably like a 50-year-old white guy. Right. Kind of chubby, uh, on gab, as you know, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, definitely someone who who could have been uh, influenced as well, you know, uh, very easily. They're all, individually, <clears throat> all of these things are plausibly just happened in this environment, you know. Because, I mean, how many mass shootings have there been? Too many to count. So, yeah. Almost. It's weird that the most violent of the three so far, mass shooting in the synagogue yesterday, is the one that's most plausibly, well, that could just be spontaneous. Because it happens every other week in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Uh, but then the, it gets a little less plausible with the non-violent attacks on precisely like among the top 20 people that hardcore Trump supporters would like mm-hmm. to see in jail, if not bumped off. Right. And then they're exactly the people who are um, yeah, it's just, held up as, you know, under attack by... Or, uh, the main motivation... And democracy is under attack. The main motivation of this thing is to the divide... Uh, the main motivation of these attacks, the main result, let's say, and therefore I ascribe that motivation to them when they see what result they have is to divide people, is to pitch, is to push people further, yeah. to separate, divide the country and divide American society as much as possible. Maybe up to the point of, you know, some kind of a actual civil war of some description. Obviously, America's a big country. It's hard to imagine how you had a civil war across the whole country. But in, you know, breaking out in, in various places, you know, reprisal attacks, all that kind of stuff. Take it up to that point, you know. Uh, and, you know... If someone has the has the intention to go there, then that's this this kind of these kind of events are are, are what push it there, you know, because you know this these guy the, the Jewish conspiracy guy or the the the, the bombathon guy, um, it posits by identifying them as effectively Trump supporters, it 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 identifies or defames, let's say, all people who support Trump or or who are conservative, let's say, even brought more broadly in the country, all conservatives in the country are these kind of crazy people. You know, it's mm-hmm. by association, mm-hmm. you're, you're tarring everybody else and, and sending that message to the anti-Trumpers who then feel more justified in raising the level of the rhetoric against them because they're, you know, they're, they're literally inhuman. You know, they're basically the people who go and just massacre people. That's who Trump supporters are. So if you can get people on the left to really believe that, that all Trump supporters are potential mass murderers, well, how, you know, they're much more likely to, to take uh, extreme extreme action against them themselves, you know. And hey, presto, you've got, you've got a mini or the beginnings of a, 
of a kind of civil war where you have groups of people arming themselves and shooting each other on ideological grounds. Do you remember we interviewed, um, we might have, I think maybe it was our colleagues who did it, they interviewed a former US ambassador to Saudi Arabia. Mm. He's written a couple of books. One of them was about his dismay in the 1990s when he was in Riyadh, uh, rubber stamping all these guys, dodgy guys going to the United States for paramilitary training. Mm. And the suspicion later confirmed that a number of them became Al-Qaeda. That's one of his stories. But then he wrote more recently about um, the concept of directed migration. There wasn't, it wasn't him who coined the term in the aftermath of the 2015 million plus wave of people going from Syria and elsewhere and allowed into Germany. He published this book. He got the term from some U.S. specialist think tanker. It's a woman's name. I forget it. But she used she she had the term apparently common when whatever circle she moves in called directed migration, discussing the concept in the context of giving leaders in other countries issues to think about. You know how they could take advantage of or capitalize on naturally arising crises of migration that come about from war, famine, hunger, natural disasters, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. You a weapon, yeah. and you could weaponize it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's probably the kind of ballpark here where it's it's not that it's completely contrived or stimulated or whipped up by a Soros type, you know, evil character mm -hmm. in his lair. <laughs> but it's, it's capitalized, mediatized. Uh, we all kind of remember what kicked off the 2015 wave and the sympathy mm -hmm. for them. It was that photo of the kid who washed up on a beach in Turkey. I right. mean, that was real. The kid died and it's tragic. But as we pointed out at the time, where were all of you people the last four years when kids were washing up in beaches in Spain and Italy? And right. anyway, um, or what, what, what were just, you, where, when, why were you not denouncing this, the cause of that, of, of, right. of that child washing up on the beach, i.e. a U.S. backed and its allies and its Gulf, its Saudi, Saudi friends uh, promoting or fomenting war in Libya and then Syria and in Libya and Syria that causes the migrant. This didn't say a word about it. I mean, when the war, when, when the, when the U S and its allies are certain aspects within the U S the CIA, et cetera, intelligence agencies in different countries in Europe and in America, um, were in the process of creating the conditions that would lead to that kid washing up on the beach. The media was fully behind them. Backing them, talking about Assad's an evil dictator, supporting the war, supporting supporting the invasion, basically of jihadis into Syria to overrun the country, calling them rebels, um, fully behind them. And then when you get the obvious result of that, which is well, you've destroyed the country, Libya and Syria, or attempted to destroy it and kill large numbers of people and rendered a lot of the country uh, uninhabitable, uh, people leave that area and seek safe havens. I.e., they come. In the case of Syria and Libya, they come north and west, or west and north, into Europe, i.e., well, leading to some kids washing up or children washing up on the beach. And then, only then, do you decry it mm -hmm. and, for, and, and kind of like tug at the heart, heartstrings of, of the population to, what about this poor baby? But you, you, the media, were actually supporting the conditions that led to his death. So you were for his death before he died, and then when he dies, you're against it, and you're effectively trying to, in a way, blame the people in Western countries for allowing this to happen. Uh, 
because it's put in the context of the immigrants, you know, drowning at sea and stuff is put in the or, or in the US, uh, not letting them over the border is put in the context of um, people who are anti-immigrant. The reason that those people died in Mexico from starvation or on the tra- trip uh, to Mexico and trying to get the US died of starvation or the reason people drowned in the sea and stuff is because... Trump has no heart. Trump has no heart. Our European leaders no heart. Our European, the right in Europe who are anti-immigrant in certain countries have no heart. But it's like, where was your heart when that kid was being forced out of his country because of your backing for the people who forced him out of his country. It's just, there's so much hypocrisy in it, it's ridiculous, you know, and I mean... This this strikes me as the, the um, uh, basically the same thing happening now to the United States as happened to Europe, particularly Germany in 2015. Mm. I, I know it's been ongoing and so on, but this kind of volume of people in one go, mm. the migrant caravan, the theme building up, it's in the media nonstop. Um, it's basically, it's basically, and we said at the time, well, it's okay for the US to take sides on this, on what was happening in Europe, but this will never happen over there. Well, mm. it, it kind of has on mm. a smaller scale. Mm. Well, yeah. America's but, a bigger place. I just thought of a reason why this could be Trump's doing. I, I'm not, I don't actually think it is. But think about it. What got Trump elected? The real, the one thing, I mean, if there's one thing, migration. A mm. bit like Brexit. If there was one thing that the English were like, no, 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 no. We don't want any more of them. Um, Mexicans, migration, mm-hmm. uh, Latin Americans. And how hard would it be for Trump to, to take advantage of this politically? Because if they come up right before the elections, on November 6th. If he... He's already said, I'm going to send the National Guard. They're not, we're going to physically stop him from coming through. Is that meant to hurt his image? Maybe in the minds of well, the well, liberal elites, but you've got to understand, the American voters expect him to do that because mm-hmm. that's why they're putting him in office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's only going to increase his standing with them. Amongst his, amongst his demographic, yeah. And he doesn't care about the ones who, are, who have been anti-Trumpers even before he got elected and since he got elected because he, he, there's nothing he could do that would change their minds, really. And he's not willing to make enough of the sacrifices that he would have to make to, to his vision to appease uh, the left in America, right? So they're never going to like Trump. He's not going to do anything that will make them like him, so they're never going to like him. So he doesn't have to pander to them at all. So he has no reason to take to change his stance on on immigration and every 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 reason to uh, specifically in, in relation to the migrant caravan uh, coming up to the Mexico border, he has no reason to um, to back down on that. He has every reason to actually hold his ground and say, "Yet yeah, they're not getting in. I'm going to send the national guard," because he'll get a round of applause from all of the people who uh, already support him. Plus, he'll probably attract some more because there's probably a lot of people who are of a kind of conservative you know, mind, if you know what I mean, they lean towards conservatism, you know, and uh, and they might think that's a good idea as well, and then they'll support him, you know, so... And, additionally, if something is contrived to force him into doing something he doesn't want to do, and then he's... Then his base is like, oh, you've, you've betrayed us, and yeah. they, they go back to screaming about him being controlled by the Jews or something, mm. he still <clears throat> has opportunity to take advantage of it, because... He can say, well, look what they've blocked us from doing these last two years. 
there would be a wall or there would be means in place or the laws would be changed or upheld simply because there's plenty of laws already in the books. And this situation wouldn't have happened. Those mm-hmm. people wouldn't have been had the attraction to try and come and or they could have been physically stopped by a, an actual border wall. Mm-hmm. Which he's wanted. And then they won't give him they won't allow for the budget for it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's total if if that was a str- political strategy, it's totally shooting it. the Democrat, liberal left, the elites in the foot. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's backfiring. But I think it's like you said though, the bottom line is that um, the part of the difficulty of trying to find agency in this and therefore strategy and intention is that ultimately there seems that the bottom line for the powers that work against Trump is that as far as they see it, they, they win either way. I mean, in Europe in 2015, the bottom line was that Europe was divided. And that's continuing to to play out and amplify, even if they've actually reverted back to the previous border status. Um, In some places, you know, borders were literally put up, like in Hungary, in some places. But in most places, it was simply that they got over the temporary madness and put um, upheld the previous existing border controls and uh, <coughs> asylum processes and so on. So it's reverted back to the status quo. Mm-hmm. But there was a brief window of insanity where, okay, let them or, all or deliberate selection, let them all in. Um, but the bottom line is that the, the ramifications of that are divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting worse by the day. Jesus Christ, two days ago, there was a, another extreme case in the same city where a German teenager, a 19-year-old, had been raped and murdered by a child migrant who in his trial when convicted last year turned out to be 33 years old in Afghani um, she was the daughter of a European Commission official a German citizen uh, living back in Freiburg in the south of Germany um, she herself was a pro-migrant activist and helper in one of these mm-hmm. camps outside the city raped and killed anyway two days ago another incident another teenager an 18 year old was raped Gang raped. I don't, she wasn't killed in this case, but by seven seven Syrian migrants mm-hmm. who live in one of these temporary shelters outside the same city of Freiburg. So and I just, oh my God, when I heard that, I thought, you know, AFD's, you know, popularity just went up four or five percentage points overnight. Mm-hmm. Now it's not explosive. It's not like they're about to sweep to power, but it's the the. The underlying thing is just divisiveness, you know, mm-hmm. it's only going to amplify everything. Yeah, and like I said earlier on, it's, it's to distract attention away from the source of these problems. You know, this, the immigrants, the, like nobody, nobody's going to disagree, I think, left or right. So obviously the right would agree, but you could probably get people on the left to agree as well, that taking large numbers of people from a, a war zone, a long running war zone, like people who have been traumatized mm. themselves, taking lots of young people, unattached from their parents or whatever, and letting them come into a foreign country where they don't speak the language, they don't know the culture very well, etc., and just letting them kind of like run more or less free in the streets, you know, uh, which they do. And that's probably a bad idea because these are traumatized people. It's like, open. It, I don't want to be, um, you know, insulting or you know, heartless about it, but it's kind of like opening up an asi- the doors of an asylum 
and letting the people run through the streets. To some extent, obviously the vast majority of refugees aren't like that, but there's going to be, the greater the number, the greater percentage, the small percentage is going to be quite a lot of, number, quite a lot of people who are damaged, you yeah. know, and who are of criminal mind. And you're just, it's like opening the doors of a prison in your country and letting them run around. And nobody's saying they can't bring in or help refugees, but there has to be a limit to it. But that also misses the point that this, this refugee situation would not be happening mm-hmm. if Western powers had not invaded and destroyed and blown the crap out of countries like Libya and Syria and Iraq before it. It wouldn't happen. So there'd be no question. There wouldn't be any debate over it. You wouldn't have to have more right-wing or more left-wing people kind of like arguing over whether or not to let immigrants in and who, who they should let in and stuff if you didn't blow the shit out of the country in the first place. And it's your leaders, your Western leaders, who blew the crap out of those countries and caused the... So what, why don't you address the issue, the, the source of the issue? Why doesn't everybody, left and right, join together and address the source of the issue, which is the criminality of your leaders who pretend that they're going to spread freedom and democracy to a country or they're going to stop some leader of some country, some Middle Eastern country, you know, killing his own people, which they made up and with, for which there's no evidence. Stop them doing that and then... B- blowing the shit out of the country and causing the migrant crisis, then you get to argue over and divide yourselves. You know, they're basically, t- they, they go to these countries a lot, of, a lot of times and they actually, in pre- preparation for an invasion or a bombing of these Middle Eastern countries, they actually spend quite a few years dividing the country, setting up, group, up, groups, up groups to divide the country along religious or sectarian, other sectarian lines so that it's kind of ripe for, for an invasion or, or an attack that's so ripe to overthrow the government and invade the country. Uh, and that causes the migrant crisis or the migrant uh, exodus, basically, into European countries. And then that migrant uh, inflow into European countries causes exactly the same division in European Back countries home. that they did in the Middle East before bo- blowing it up. And nobody ever talks about this. Nobody ever describes this as this is the source of the problem. That's what everybody left and right should be, po- should be focusing on, on, making sh- on stopping happening. Yeah, people are just like sheeple and they're, just, they're happy. They're almost willfully or joyfully you know, dividing themselves into these, like, trenches, basically, uh, waiting for the shooting to start. And who's, go- who's not going to suffer in the, in the context where some kind of civil, serious civil disc- uh, discord or, or, or war of some description breaks out in a country? Everybody suffers. In the future, that might be the history of the West in this time. In a nutshell, they went out to give freedom and democracy to all these people, and they lost both. They created, they caused destruction overseas and brought that destruction back home. Why? Because, I don't know, I mean, but again, you know, there's that phrase, divide and conquer. It's a very old phrase, known, been known for, for eons, basically, as, as a general practice. If you want to conquer a country, the first thing you do is you need to divide the people, the population of the country, divide them against themselves. And, and the ones sitting on top, ruling the people, then have, there's nobody complaining about them. There's nobody threatening to overthrow them or oust them or kick them out of office or, or not vote for them because the people are fighting each other. Well, but we've talked an awful lot about America there and um, can you get sick of talking about America, no? You can, you know. Uh, why, why do we really, have to talk so much about America? Why is there so much focus on America? Oh, the real news is completely missed because we spend so much time drawn to what's going on in one country and the united states i mean it's effectively like a big narcissist even not just when it's winning 
and when things are going good and when there's good news, when it's losing and when it's some atrocity takes place or some celebrity non-story takes place, it's the dominant thing. Look at me. Look Everybody at me. Everybody look at me. But meanwhile, the real news this week is that um, for the first time, for the first time in Western history, a major world meeting between countries took place concerning Syria and the Middle East and regional stability without one of the US or the UK. That's really significant, but it's just a sideshow relative to the freaking hype that's going on nonstop, particularly in the US. So, um, so what is the story? The story is that Putin and uh, Merkel, Germany, and Macron of France met. They're still meeting, I think. They're in Istanbul. I think we have a nice picture of them holding hands. Do we have that picture? I think it just says it all. Look yeah. at that picture. Not an anglophone between them. Except Macron doesn't look very happy. Right, he's the least happy to be there because he's the most anglophone of the four of them. Is that because he doesn't fancy Erdogan? <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't look happy. He's like, this guy's too old for me. Yeah, this guy's too old. Can I, isn't, don't you have a younger, darker version of him that I could hold hands with? Um, if it was Trump, he'd be yeah. overjoyed. So Putin, Merkel, Erdogan and Macron all holding hands in line, all smiling except Macron. And it's basically, yeah, a common ground on Syria has been found, supposedly, despite years of disagreements on Syria, supposedly, between uh, these four guys. Um, they've worked out a common vision for the steps to reconciliation in Syria. And they all met in Istanbul. Scroll down there a bit. Can we see some more of that? I want to jog my memory. Yeah. It basically hits all the points. Um, they only want the only, There can only be a political solution for Syria, i.e. no regime change. Need to start work on a constitution in Geneva. The Russians and the Turks and the uh, Persians, the Iranians, have already got that process underway. Um, no dividing of Syria. Sorry, Israel. Sorry, no Mark. chance. Um, Washington, bye-bye. Um, keep the ceasefire going. That's okay. And defeat the terrorists. Um, boost humanitarian aid. Help the return of refugees, like from Germany or wherever else they are. I think primarily the vast majority remain in Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. Send the refugees back. But that could include um, rehousing um some of the million plus refugees in Europe and internationally observed elections. Syria has actually held perfectly valid elections in 2014, but okay, whatever, they stuck that on. Each of those is the, exactly what the Russians wanted and have been saying all these years. They initially got Iran on the side. Then after the strange year of 2015, 2016 with Turkey and the the, the probably contrived shootdown of a Russian jet, plus the coup that Putin probably saved Erdogan's life in. Um, they got two Russians, first the Russians, then they got two allies, and now they have two Western people to sign up the same thing the Russians have been saying. So this is groundbreaking. It remains symbolic, of course, but don't, yeah. It, take stock of what I'm saying about just how symbolic that is. There is no Union Jack in that meeting. There is no Stars and Stripes. 
in that meeting. That is a major development. It remains so only at symbolic level, but still. Well, we'll see if there's any movement on it, you know? Yeah. There has to be movement on it. They've all agreed. And generally speaking, they don't. It's very difficult they don't to climb down they once, don't stand once you've up. appeared. Right. They don't stand up like that and have a photo op and agree and that kind of stuff and put out that report without there being some, without them intending to, to follow through with it. You know? This is Merkel acting on what she said in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, it's been great, World War Two up to today. Thanks, Merkel. Thanks. Um, so long for the memories. Thanks for the memories. Uh, it's time for us to grow up now, develop our own view of the world and do things our way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it, basically. Yeah. The, the key actor there is Merkel. It's not really Macron. Macron is miserable in that photo because he's now going to try and have to do a balancing act yeah. where he's actually a diehard Anglophile um, pro-Israel, pro-Empire, pro-establishment figure, but he's having to play, mm. speak speak out of both sides of his mouth and he'll fumble and the French will be caught up in more intrigues, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I exactly. still remember that, you know, obviously there was a French frigate and what was it doing in that um, incident recently where the Russian plane was shot down? There's still a question over that. The Russians didn't drag them over the coals on that. But then previously, the Skripal case, remember that? Mm-hmm. April or so, the Russians presented a, a, a series of counter-questions in diplomatic notes sent to the UK. Um, like 14 of the 20 questions for the British government were specifically about French involvement, involvement mm-hmm. in making the Skripal affair, non-affair happen. So, um Yeah. I'll have to wait and see. Um, there's one more story before we wrap up here. Uh, just uh, caught my eye. It's on CNN, but it's, I'm sure it's reported in a similar way on other other outlets. It's uh, about your breakfast cereal. Um, Mine? Yours. Well, maybe not yours, but uh, a lot of people's breakfast cereal. Dozens of common breakfast cereals and snack bars, mm, have, snack bars. have trace amounts of a controversial herbicide found in the weed killer roundup. That was uh, according to a report released by uh, an environmental advocacy group, the Environmental Working Group, I think it's a UN group actually, 26 of the 28 products it tested had levels of roundup's main ingredient that were higher than EWG scientists consider protective of children's health. Hmm. Yeah, so we're talking here Honey Nut Cheerios, Quaker Simply Granola Oats um, as two examples, but there's 28 28 that they tested and 26 of them had dangerous levels of glyphosate, which is a weed killer. Uh, I think it's um, an ammonium salt, ammonium salt, Um, but it's not good for you. It's basically a heavy metal. It's like getting heavy metals with your your cereals. But the problem, obviously, the implication of this is... um, is that breakfast cereals are made from uh, grains. Mm-hmm. So the grains have it in them. So therefore, if these people did the similar testing on bread uh, or anything else that is made of, made with wheat or other other grains, they'd probably find, have find the same results. And in fact, they have found the same results with something that's made with grains, beer. There have been studies done on beer mm-hmm. and have shown, shown similarly high levels of wheat killer in most, the vast majority of the major brands of beer. Um, so that's just a, a something to take away, a note, next time you're having some 
cereal or a snack bar or uh, having chugging a beer. Mm. Uh, you're getting some heavy metals with that very likely. Yummy. And, and if you're having it every day, and the problem is, they they specifically say that it's it's this would definitely be a problem if you're having it continually on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis for a long time. And of course, a lot of people are having breakfast cereal every day and have been having it for a long time, you know, maybe most of their lives, you know, and a lot of people are drinking beer on a very regular basis. So it's just something to be, because uh, basically it causes, it's associated with cancer, um, which isn't really news, you know, heavy metals. Uh, toxic metals are, are associated with cancer in your body. No, so yeah, but they they under they undermine every system mm, as well. The toxic load is insane, and for the most part, your body can cope with heavy metals by shunting them off into fat storage, which can pretty much be kept out of the way and dormant. But of course, you're going around with all that um, excess. We get tissue. overload, and if, if you're trying, this is important. If you're trying to get rid of it, I suspect I have some of this going on with me at the moment with exercising. When you start to remove some of those fat stores, anything stored in there is now available in your system, mm-hmm. and they'll start to go one by one. But uh, exercise or not, the heavy metal toxic load probably undermines, it's Ma- probably underlining systems. most, uh, from the extreme things like cancer, but yes. so many other many things. Many other anomalous to, illnesses. To fatigue, allergies and everything. Fatigue, general fatigue, like tiredness, you know, uh, lack of sleep, across the board, really. You know, it's the first thing. It's one of the first things to look at. You know, um, yeah. So it's not very good. simple. Grains are eaten by animals. Yeah. Humans eat the animals. Yeah. For the most part. Well, you know, yeah. That's Absolutely. that's the order of things. It's unfortunate that we have to kill animals, but there you go. That's we didn't write this script. That's just the way of life. Now feed and feed your feed your animals, your pet animals, your dogs in particular, and cats. Uh, feed them meat. Give them what they're designed to eat. You probably heard this somewhere on some other show before. This isn't a health and wellness show. This is a, we're off topic here. But if you ever wondered about whether or not you should give your your dog, for example, uh, meat and particularly raw meat, uh, just consider if you've ever seen a pack of wolves or if the image of a pack of wolves rampaging through a wheat field, devouring all the wheat. If that if that makes any sense to you, if you've ever seen a, a pack of wolves doing that. Uh, you haven't, obviously. What they do is they hunt down animals and eat them. That's what your dog is effectively genetically, biologically a wolf, and it's meant to eat raw meat like its ancestors. Uh, the same thing with humans, actually. For the vast majority of human evolution, we were eating animal meat and protein. Oh, sorry, meat and protein and fat. So, um, and that's what our systems are evolved to eat. They evolved as they are today on the basis of eating meat. Therefore, they're finely tuned to eating uh, animal protein and fat. Don't listen to the scientists. Well, the scientists now actually turned, have turned around and said that uh, not only is red meat and eggs and butter and stuff not bad for you, you actually need it to be healthy. So they've done a complete 180 on what they had been saying to people for the past 30 or 40 years. Don't take my word for it. Go and look it up. There's plenty of, of stuff out there in the, in the mainstream about that, of them flip-flopping completely on the uh, on the evils of red meat and, and animal fat. So. Amen. Dr. Joe's Pet Corner will be back next week. Yes. Pet Corner back next week. And that include, love your that, pets and they'll love you back more. Include, more loveies. Includes, more loyalty. That includes your animal pets as well. <laughs> or sorry, your human pets. Um, so, yeah. 
Anyway, I think we'll leave it there for this week, folks. Um, If you like the video, uh, click, subscribe, do all that stuff. Share. It's good, share. Uh, And we'll be back next week with another show. So until then, have a good morning, evening, or afternoon, or wherever you're at. See you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.